Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. The war is here, the future stops, existence ends. Apocalypse will take our lives one by one as cities fall, as cultures die, as hopes for survival turns into nothingness for us. Indeed, as the world burns by Creator... Of course, as the world is burning, what could be better to talk about than Tuesday's heavy metal miscellany or whatever name we want to give it? This is Alan Avril. You're listening to Agitators Anonymous. And this is the Tuesday, what would we call it? The bonus ramble, heavy metal, hard rock, nonsense kind of content. Friday is where you get to dig your teeth sometimes into something a bit more serious. Sometimes not. Um, But generally, yes. Um, and the Tuesday, well, today I'm going to talk about what is the difference between speed metal and thrash metal? Exactly. I mean, look, you've got climate change to solve on the Monday. You've got the Ukraine war to solve on the Wednesday. But on Tuesday, you could make a little time for discussing what is the difference between speed metal and thrash metal. It's something that has occupied world leaders for many, many years that I hope to get to the bottom of and finally solve. Just like Paul Stanley solved, um, you know, the Northern Ireland conflict with one short, um, you know, paragraph, one short speech at the last Kiss show in Dublin. I'm hoping to sort out once and for all, finally, the difference between speed metal and thrash metal. This is Agitators Anonymous. This is the Tuesday. Um, What would you call it? As I said, the random ramble. You can follow me on Nemtheanger underscore primordial over on the gram or primordial underscore official um, if you wish to do so. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash Alan Averill and that's A-V-E-R-I-L-L the man who shall conquer in April apparently. Um, so got to wait another six months for that to happen. Before we get to all that someone asked me do I have any problem with bands touring particular albums? Um, I think I talked about it before on the podcast but the reality is um I really don't. I don't think so. I think in a kind of crazy, chaotic, um, discombobulated, complex touring world uh, where, you know, the bottom is falling out of lots of different markets, where ultimately I think uh, streaming and Spotify have taken 
um, a substantial revenue stream from bands. Um, and also, as our scene most definitely gets older, I had a look today for the first time in ages on Blabbermouth. Um, Blabbermouth used to be, it's a kind of like um, a the heavy metal gossip page that once I think was run by Roadrunner Records. Um, that I think everybody who was into metal maybe 10, 15 years ago, maybe 15 years ago even, they went to that page. There was chat forums, there was this kind of stuff. Um, as we all know, the chat forum, we had one in Ireland called Metal Ireland, uh, is almost completely dead as a sort of format because people just interact straight on other platforms. But Blabbermouth used to be the go-to. And um, I opened it for the first time today going, what the hell am I going to talk about? Um, and wow, all of the stories are literally concerned with bands between 50 plus age group uh, 50 to 70 and um, Cold Chamber are reforming TNT unites with um, Tony Harnell singer like wow these are bands from you know Cold Chamber I think Des whatever his name is from Cold Chamber is nearly 60 right 55 58 Nikki Six's six million dollar home blah 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 and you, you just looked at it and I went to myself wow it really fits into the narrative that heavy metal and rock is this just sort of aging, um, you know, beyond middle age sort of boys club. And that there's very little injection of new um, young people into it. Um, what am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is that one look at this old site just really confirms what a kind of old scene it is. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Of course, there's new and up-and-coming young bands, and certainly Blabbermouth doesn't fe feature them because I suppose it recognised that its demographic is of an age that isn't using all the modern, um, you know, instant platforms and still goes to its website every day to check its news about what Ricky Rocket says about climate change or that kind of nonsense. Um, so it's tailored to its demographic, but goddamn... It was pretty old compared to the last time I looked at it 15 years ago, I suppose. The people um, who are creating the stories are 15 to 20 years older than the last time I looked at it when they were a bit younger and a bit more relevant. And many of those bands are going out on, you know, touring classic albums, all that kind of thing. And, you know, somebody asked me at the weekend, do I have a problem with bands doing that? And I think ultimately it rests with who has written the songs. If you're the songwriter, then, you know, why not? Um, the, you only get one short spin around this ball of dirt um, that we call the Earth, um, and soon enough you're going to be uh, you're going to return to it. And if you've written songs in 1988, 89, look if Sepultura want to reform as um, all the four guys who played on Beneath the Remains, and you know bring it around the world one more time, you know that's up to them because there ain't really usually any pension plan. Um, playing music or playing heavy metal or whatever you want to say as a musician. And and whether anyone likes it or not, they did write those songs, so you cannot take them from that. I remember I once had an argument with a guy at a festival years ago, and he's like, oh, these old thrash bands, Whiplash, At War, etc., coming back, just trying to make a bit of money before they quit. And I thought, wow, you really think At War are making money? You really think they've come back from money? My friend, you were very much mistaken. You think they're making money traveling across the plane in front of 400 people at, um, you know, a thrash metal assault festival or something like this? Come on now, really. Of course, um, you could look at something like the Pantera uh, reunion and say, well, this is obviously on some level about money. Um, and it's a very strange situation seeing as obviously the Abbott brothers, who you could say are the songwriters, 
um, and who formed that band um, are gone. But look, if people want to go and see it and they want to, um, you know, it's up to them. It really is up to them. In a way, I'm kind of um, positively ambivalent in that I kind of don't care. But if p- bands do want to go out and do, you know, the, oh, we're going to play a classic album um, and in an attempt to kind of kickstart or reinvent a career or try and bring some older fans back who maybe aren't interested in a new album, um, I get it. It's a, it's an unfortunate tactic, as in it's easy to criticise, but at the same time, um, you know, the, the streaming numbers now or the emphasis only on streaming and all this kind of stuff, uh, like I said, leaves an awful lot of uh, middling and older bands with, um, you know, a kind of sagging bag, back catalogue that sometimes needs reinvention. Hey, up to you. You want to go and see it? That's up to you. And many people, I think the conversation was started by the idea that we were going to um, see the holy grail of Iron Maiden songs and that Iron Maiden were going to play Alexander the Great next year on their Somewhere Back in Time or whatever it is, Somewhere Back to the Past or whatever Iron Maiden does. I mean, Iron Maiden have so amazingly well curated and looked after their legacy as in the post Brave New World era that they can go out and say to people, okay, we're going to pack this stadium and play 75% of the new album and then the four hits. I mean, I was unlucky enough to see the Dance of Death tour and with the horrific Funeral for a Friend opening, but it was just all of Dance of Death, which I think is the poorest record since post 2000. Um, And then just like four songs, Fear of the Dark, Run to the Hills, Hallowed Be Thy Name and Iron Maiden. And you knew exactly what was coming and it wasn't great. But um, then they go and they do, you know, the kind of last year or the previous year's tour where they do all the old amazing songs and they have all the new stage sets. And it's quite incredible. Um, But now they've announced this somewhere back in time. The obscure songs are somewhere back of somewhere in time. So we're going to get, I guess, Deja Vu, Alexander the Great. Um, I mean, that's the hope, I suppose. Loneliness of a long distance runner. This kind of stuff. And why not? Again, Iron Maiden are in the last couple of chapters of this career i mean you just saw metallica announce this crazy old school set i mean this is the set that would have made us weep in 1988 um absolutely incredible uh, set list they're doing and the raven are opening um it just feels like in its last kind of few chapters these bands are super comfortable with going back um look just back in time back to a place where they once tried to get away from. Certainly Iron Maiden, I think, tried to distance distance themselves from that sound on Somewhere in Time and Seventh Son, the more proggy, um, the more progressive keyboard-elemented sound, which had an awful lot less distortion and that kind of stuff. Both brilliant records, but you can see there was a reaction to them from Steve Harris on Fear of the Dark and No Prayer for the Dying, where he went to go. He was just stamped his feet and went, nah, I want to be UFO again and go right back to barroom rock. I mean, we can see ultimately when we look back that this was kind of a mistake, but here we are, Iron Maiden doing another old tour. Do I begrudge any of those bands? I mean, look, do do we really care if Kings of Thrash want to go out? What a terrible name. Wow. Um, Dave Allison and Jeff Young and, you know, all the old Chris Boland Megadeth guys and play Megadeth. Look, why not? If you want to see that and it's playing in your local... Um, you know, if if that was playing in the local uh, small venue here, which takes 200, 250 people, um, and you thought to yourself, well, I could go down and see, you know, quite a few old Megadeth members rip their way through Rattlehead. Um, yeah, why not? Anyway, and what a segue that is into. What is the difference 
between thrash and speed metal. Rattle your goddamn head. Um, I was discussing this very point with my good friend and satanic speed metal acolyte Rob from Vomitor. I mean, we've discussed this many, many times, me and Rob, but we were discussing this a few months ago and then it came back up um, only a week or two ago. I was sitting drunkenly with a friend trying to, in my own stupid way, pick up the guitar and explain the difference using my ridiculous uh, right-hand technique of, well, you're palm muting and you're picking to explain what is the goddamn difference between speed metal and thrash metal. I mean, look, it's important stuff, like I said. Someone get Putin on the phone or at least send him a fax. Um, And we were playing Obsessed by Cruelty and debating it as proto-death metal. Was it black metal or speed metal? Black speed metal, even. Uh, Of course, we are all metal nerds, uh, just like all of you probably listening to this. If you're not into heavy metal and you're wondering what the fuck I'm talking about, uh, I don't know how I can help you with that, but, you know, it always gets pretty complicated and pretty heated. Um, And for the record, you know, watching Sodom play after the Deluge, um, or whatever it was, uh, no, sorry, Equinox, god damn it. What a faux pas. And this year, Beyond the Gates was just so um, incredible. But about an album like Obsessed by Cruelty can only really be made once, even though it was made twice, but can only really be made once. You can only really play like that one time because it's verging on such absolute chaos and such crazy tones and the drumming is so all over the place. Um, it's, it's very difficult to recreate that kind of recklessness when you hear something like, let's say, Death Hammer from Norway now. Um, they come about as near as you're going to get to the chaos of Obsessed by Cruelty. But there's something about those old records, those early 80s records. It's not only that they're virgin territory, but some of those records are kind of like mistakes. Horst Muller, the guy who engineered a lot of those old noise records, he didn't really, I don't think he really wanted to be saddled with making all these records. He kind of made one by accident and found this tone and this dynamic. But I think before that he was making folk music and therefore, and then he ends up doing In the Sign of Evil, he ends up doing Hellhammer, I think, and all this kind of stuff. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, and a lot of the old noise records, and I don't think he wanted to. Some people say he even fucked up Obsessed by Cruelty on purpose to stop for people to stop asking him to engineer things. But the idea that you can recreate mistakes now, I suppose, sort of digitally when you're recording onto a digital desk with expensive instruments, when you have no idea of the kind of analog chaos that surrounded some of those old records. Um, I just finished making, well, we I played at last weekend a show with a new band I have called Verminous Serpent, um, which information will come out soon enough. But it's like, to me, Beharit, Blasphemy, Sarcophago. Um, and again, trying to recreate the spirit of those old records now um, in a digital age is very very difficult if not almost impossible so what is obsessed by cruelty very hard to say we could argue it's black metal we could argue it's speed metal we could argue it's death metal but um what speed metal is is implied in the name of course it needs the speed the manic intensity but i think their difference really is in the style of guitar playing and the sort of the notation if we consider it like that if we take what is for example an archetypal speed metal record let's say killing is my business by megadeth um and i think that that's pretty that's a pretty good one to take um, and let's take a standard thrash metal album maybe testaments the new order or exodus um fabulous disaster even though they're slightly different eras or practice what you preach the first thing you notice of course is that's a rattlehead or the mechanics even the mechanics on the megadeth record is different to and the Four Horsemen on uh, Kill Em All, which is a bit more thrashy, I suppose, um, is without a doubt the faster um, than the mostly mid-paced thrashings of Testament. But in thrash, you have this palm-muting technique. I'm not a guitar player, obviously. If anyone who's seen me play the bass will know that. But that's where you kind of... Um, you place your palm across the bottom of the strings to get that ju -ju 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 sound. I'm not going to try and explain that to a whole bunch of metalheads who are here. Now listen to me going, what the goddamn are you talking about? Whereas speed metal is much more picked notation. I suppose it's that staccato right hand wrist action you can see in James Hetfield if you watch him in videos from the 80s. Um, and that strumming, this very tight, taut kind of strumming with palm muting between the notes is what creates that chunk can we call it that? Can we call it a chunk? Mix that with the typical power or barcode structure. Let's say a la Master of Puppets. Um, and you can hear what I mean as a more kind of like thrash. I'm not calling Master of Puppets thrash, but it's that chunky sound, that junk, 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 junk sound. This is thrash metal. This is the Zentrix. This is the Sacred Reich sort of, um, I guess, the American way kind of style. It comes a little bit later than the manic intensity of speed metal. Speed metal, I suppose, can have more Iron Maiden approach. I mean, you could call Niflheim speed metal, but you would never call Niflheim thrash. Speed metal, I suppose, is what all the bands in the early 80s reached for. Um, it's kind of got this young, um, energetic vibe to it. I mean, if you listen to Endless Pain by Creator, this is much more speed metal than thrash metal, even though I started off this with As a World Burns. Turbo Certainty has more of a thrashy edge to it. But by the time we get to Coma Souls, this is thrash metal. But I think I think you could call Endless Pain speed metal. Am I explaining this very well? Not really. 
Anyway, speed metal, I suppose, can have a more of a sort of Iron Maiden approach, or rather Maiden and Priest on, on crack or amphetamine, and more attention to open string strumming and picking and single note harmonies. Raven, for example, are the perfect proto-speed metal band, seeing as we just mentioned them opening the Metallica show. But you could never really call them tonally heavy. It's more, uh, it's quite a manic note-based attack. Early Bathory, for example, first Bathory album we could call Satanic Speed Metal. Um, but I think Shona Mercy is maybe the best example of the difference. The whole album owes more to Priest and Maiden. It's not punk. I mean, just look at the back with inverted crosses and eyeliner. Um, this is just about as far from punk rock as you can get. Shona Mercy is heavy metal, but it's speed metal. It's a great example of the difference. The whole album owes, as I said, more to Priest and Maiden. The Antichrist or Cryonics and even even Raven than thrash metal or what became thrash metal, even on, you could say, on Rain and Blood. There's very fast picking movement through notes and more traditional metal harmonies. So Shona Mercy is speed metal, but is Rain and Blood thrash metal? We could probably justifiably argue this point, although, of course, something like Necrophobic is really probably the fastest song Slayer ever recorded. I suppose heaviness is translated as this manic intensity. Less distortion for the most part, um, I guess, as the sensibilities of Maiden and Priest and Merciful Fate were not about the heaviest tone, even though they're goddamn heavy bands. But listen to late 70s Priest. It's not really what you would call heavy, that chunk. And here I can digress a bit and say, on some level, British Steel is maybe the first real heavy metal record in that you look at Metal Gods and Grinder and this... Dun, dun, da, 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 dun, dun, this sort of... If you, you When you hear 70s heavy metal, it really has a twin guitar harmony thing going on, whether it's Lizzie or Priest. If you listen to Priest in the late 1970s, you know, Stained Class, Sin After Sin, it doesn't have this chunk. British Steel, if we disregard, you know, Breaking the Law and, and the kind of singles off it, but some of the deeper cuts, Rapid Fire, etc., which is like proto-thrash on some level, that chunk is the first time I think you hear begin to hear it in 1980. And this moves into where thrash metal became, even though you could take a song like Exciter and say it was proto-speed metal. Um, confused yet? Yeah, of course. Um, but these, the, those early bands is not about the heaviest tone. I mean, we could probably discuss Rust in Peace by Megadeth as speed metal. In fact, part of me really uh, didn't think of Megadeth ever really as a thrash uh, metal band, whereas Among the Living, for example, by Anthrax, is thrash metal. This is full of this palm-paced, this mid-paced palm-muted chunk I mentioned earlier. I Am The Law, this is thrash metal, yet armed and dangerous, which actually is my favourite anthrax thing. Um, this is more speed metal. It's confusing. It's a confusing world out there. But when I think um, about it, it's always been the dirty speed metal that has sort of attracted me more than the hefty chunk of thrash. I suppose what it is is that the manic intensity of youth so it was sort of exemplified by early speed metal in 83 to 86 and as began bands began to be able to play a bit more to play a bit more um tighter more taut i mean bonded by blood you could call speed metal but by impact is imminent just five years later six years later this is for sure the epitome of thrash metal so maybe it was just a sort of logical musical progression as people got older calm the fuck down a little bit but despite considering myself a thrasher back in the day, it was always the filthy rasp of, you know, Armageddon from the first 
Bathory album that appealed to me more than, you know, the Bermuda short uh, thrash metal of State of Euphoria or where most of the Bay Area went after 88. The frenetic, youthful, let's say burst of adrenaline was where my heart was and I guess still is now at the cusp of middle age when I hear the scraped pick and bass intro to Take This Torch uh, by Razor. You know, this is the rush of speed metal power. You don't get that from Practice What You Preach. Yet, I could argue that the lines between speed and thrash are very fine and cross over, of course, all the time. But if any style of metal is so hard to recreate right now, um, it seems to be really speed metal, thrash metal. Although bands like Butcher and Vulture are doing a pretty goddamn good job. Um, There is actually a Spotify playlist I've made and we can accompany this uh, podcast. You can go... um, Search me on Spotify and I'll, I'll post a link to the, the playlist Speed Metal Hell um, on my Instagram. But um, it's so much connected to a sort of youthful burst of energy and it really kind of belongs in 1985. It exists riding on the wave of new wave British heavy metal and the naive yet beautiful energy of 80s metal in its most virgin territory where the scene moved super fast and quickly. One month, Halloweights. I shifted the world and then without a moment's pause, you get morbid tales and then roar month after month, um, genre altering and defining classics. And, um, you know, being part of a movement that was taking over the world on its own terms, uh, pushing boundaries and despite, you know, the sound looking forward. Now we're compelled to sort of look backwards and try to recreate what once was. And that's where the difficulty of trying to be speed metal now is because it's so kind of connected to a sort of youthful burst of energy that um, existed in 83 to 86. However, some people are trying and you've got to give them that. Um, It can never quite be the same, but I just thought I'd try and somehow um, blah, blah, blah across taking a moment to enjoy and worship at the altar of youthful impetuosity and abandon because at its heart, that is what I think speed metal is, the energy and recklessness of naked aggression. Um, you know, whether that's Agent Steel, At War, Destructor, Exciter, Early Destruction, Holy Terror, Raven, Halloween, Sadus, um, Rigor Mortis, Flossman, Jetsam, Hallow's Eve, all this kind of stuff. It's all wrapped up in an incredible, um, reckless, almost naive, youthful energy. And like I said, so much of it was virgin territory and so much of the recording of where these bands were taking place um, was sort of haphazard and by mistake and so trying to fill in the gaps now when you know too much and you have proper expensive instruments and you're recording through an iMac that's probably more expensive than you know um, more powerful than all of the studio components in 1984 where many of these bands were is a kind of a fool's errand but it's just sort of a fool's errand that keeps calling people back to the table what am I talking about? I'm talking about the difference between speed metal and thrash metal, my friends. It's just Tuesday's heavy metal ramble. Don't take it too seriously. Um, what else has been going on? New Dark Throne album. I only just, like I said, started to digest the previous one. Too much, too soon, etc. Too young to fall in love. Um, Destroyer 666 have three new songs out by now. Um, it does sort of shorter, sharper anthemic songs a bit more heavy metal orientated with big choruses gonna take me a while to get used to that and used to the album but so far so good so what my friends agitators anonymous i'm alan Avril. we'll see you on friday for something uh with a little bit more gravitas take it easy planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.